Good evening. Today is Tuesday, January 25th, 2022, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is How It Works, step number four, and Victoria is our speaker tonight. Thank you so much, Victoria. Hi, everybody. Sorry, I had my pages set up. I tried to do a split screen and it got it went left. So I'm just going to try and get that back. But <laughs> I am Victoria W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and insulin manipulator in Miami, Florida. Um, I am so thrilled to be here with you talking tonight. Um, I have talked about uh, not on not for this meeting, but I have talked about step four and step five before. Um, and I focus mostly on the resentment inventory. And some of the things I learned from that, I'm happy to always share that with anybody, you know, through outreach or I'm, I'm not one of those people who's, I probably should be more concerned about being an open book. Like, I feel like I probably should be, probably keep some privacy or some mystery to myself. However, for the benefit of others, if you need experience, strength, and hope that I have to offer, I'd love to tell you literally anything about my life. So um, feel free to reach out with that. Sorry, I'm still having an issue getting my, here we go, my page is back up. So with that, what I want to talk about tonight is I want to talk about sex, the sex inventory, because I feel like the sex inventory, um, you know, people are probably like, what does that have to do with food? What does that have to do? You know, I didn't really get it. Like, why are we looking, why, like, why are we doing this? That seems, you know, and especially I was raised in rural North Carolina and like our sex education was don't do it. And if you do, don't tell anybody. So it was just very, like, it was very different. And I would say religious education was also sort of built around that tenant. Um, and so for me that we're going to have a program that's spiritual, but we're going to address sex. We're going to talk about, you know, sex conduct, sex inventory. It was very, it was very awkward for me, honestly. Like I found it very uncomfortable. I knew it was, I was like, yeah, we're going to do that, but hopefully it'll be just like ripping a bandaid off or something. Um, but I actually feel like it was one of the most formative and most amazing parts of my step four and step five experience was doing the sex inventory um, seeing what some of my patterns and behavior were and also looking at, okay, well, look, looking towards the future. What are my sex ideals? What are my relationship ideals for, you know, how I honor myself, but also how I honor other people that I'm in relationships with. Um, so sorry, I had the big book pulled up and just give me one second. There we go. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is the bottom of page 68, where it says now about sex, many of us needed an overhauling there. But of all, above all, we tried to be sensible on this question. It's so easy to get way off track. Um, I can get off track about literally anything. So I appreciate this redirect that they give us right here. Like, nope, let's stay on topic. And what, what they say is something similar to what they tell us about religion, right. Or, or spiritual, excuse me, conception of a higher power, right. Is that there are people who are going to feel strongly one way. There are people who are going to feel strongly another way. And 
it's really, it's really not about getting into the minutia. It's really not about getting um, bogged down into the specifics. Um, they say, you know, there's going to be people who their sex ideal is to never have a dirty thought and to never have sex outside of a monogamous, you know, person, a monogamous relationship after they, you know, are married. There's going to be people who, you know, feel that for them, sex is more, bigger, better. They tell us there's people who would have us believe that to do this right, you you get, I like what they, I like what they say, especially because it's a food analogy, right? They would say like, there's some people would have you believe that there's got to be no flavor. And then there's other people that would say it's all salt and pepper all the time. Um, and I'm here to, they say, we want to stay out of this controversy. I also want to stay out of this controversy today. So I don't want to be the arbiter of anybody's sex conduct, but I do need to look at my own. Um, and so that's what I think is important, right? Just like, just like I can say, oh, so-and-so believes in this higher power. Great. So-and-so believes in no higher power. That's great. For, if that's working for them, that's great. You know, if they don't need a higher power as part of a spiritual solution. Okay. But I do. Right. So I need to get that relationship with my higher power. And the same thing with this, where, um, I don't know, I don't know what, let alone, do I know what I should be doing? I don't know what other people should be doing. So I just stay in all out of that, but it is something that I think is important to look at because they tell us we're going to do an inventory. We're going to review our conduct, just like every, you know, just like when I review what fears are going around in my head, what, what things am I angry about? This is just, you know, who have been my partner, sexual, romantic, et cetera. Like who have I possibly done harm to? Where are my patterns? Um, where are, are these patterns that are going to show me some of my, I liked the conversation um, some of us had reading step six in the 12 and 12 last week offline about, you know, defects as defaults and where, what are my defaults? Um, I can totally tell you. So I, I really didn't think I was going to have much to uncover in the sex inventory. I was like, um, I was a very late bloomer. I found relationships very intimidating. They often consisted of me finding somebody to have a crush on, obsessing about it to the point of dreaming like about what our children were going to look like. And then if it ever came up, it would go horribly. And then I would just want to hide and like never talk to anybody ever again. And that was, that was sort of, um, or I would just be like, I'm, I'm very focused on school. Um, I just didn't, I, surprise as an addict, I didn't know how to interact with other humans. Um, and it showed up everywhere, including, you know, romance or, or trying to find partnership. Um, but it says basically on page 69, it literally tells us what to do. We just ask ourselves these nine questions. We go over, we have our inventory of who are these people I interacted with in this way. Um, I've also heard we can group some behaviors. So um, for me, online dating, you know, people that I swiped right on on tinder but and then talked with them but then when it came to wanting to meet up in person i was like nope delete the account that was a group i could put sort of like i didn't need to put like you know joey steve allison i could just put a group um of saying like the the tinder people i ghosted right like that was so that went on the inventory um but it asked me not just about like what did i do not just where i was selfish or dishonest but what i really liked was where were we at fault or 
what I tell my sponsees, where are we at fault? AKA, where am I responsible? That's how I like to, where am I responsible? Because I think some situations it can be tough. You know, sometimes we don't want to, we can be sensitive and we don't want to look at our fault. So what, where am I, where was I responsible and what happened and what should I have done instead? And then they tell us around this, we're going to shape a sane and sound ideal for our future sex life. So to me, that sounds like a living amend, right? Like there may be specific amends that I need to make based on my sex conduct. Um, and there were, but also going forward with my sex ideal, I'm going to try, I'm going to say, where does what my higher power want for me? Um, you know, let's say that stands up here and maybe the action that I took doesn't meet that ideal. How do I grow towards that as time goes on? How do I take future relationships and interactions that can grow towards that line? Um, and then it asks us, we subject each relationship to this test. Was it selfish or not? Um, and then we ask God, so this is a prayer. We ask God to mold our ideals and help us live up to them. Um, and when I got to this point of the reading, I was sort of like, oh, this is a little bit scary. Like, this is a lot of uncovering that we're going to do here. I don't know if I want to look at myself that closely. Um, but I love that it says, we remembered always that our sex powers were God-given and therefore good, neither to be used lightly or selfishly, nor to be despised and loathed. That's something that I found very, I, I found that phrase to be very accepting of where my heart was. Um, and the other reason I wanted to talk about this topic tonight is I, I talk about it with my sponsees. My sponsor talked about it with me, but I don't, you know, I don't really hear this being talked about a ton in some of the meetings that I've gone to. So I just thought, you know what, somebody's giving me 20 minutes. Let's, let's do this. Let's do this. So what I would like to do, um, they tell us God alone can change, judge our sex situation, but whatever our ideal turns out to be, we must be willing to grow toward it. Um, we must be willing to make amends where we've done harm. And then they say, we treat sex as we would any other problem. Um, so there can be emotions attached, right? Just like there's emotions attached to anger there, just like there's emotions attached to fear. There can be these things that we want to make it complicated, but this is part of our fact finding and fact facing mission Our we're taking minutes. Thank you so much. We're taking inventory to see what do we want to keep and what do we want to get rid of as I continue on this journey to grow in a spiritual um, closeness with my higher power. So what I thought I would do, probably a terrible idea to have on a recording, but I thought I would go through some of the things that were patterns that came out of my sex inventory. And then I would also highlight some of the, some of the ways that translated into the ideal that I have. I haven't even looked at this ideal for a while. It was kind of nice to go back at it. Um, but yeah, you know, who knows, I, who knows where we're going to go, to be honest. So <laughs> I, in my sex inventory, some of the things, some of the things that showed up related to this, and it was sort of all over the place, but my selfishness, a desire to be worshiped or idolized by others. Um, that shows up in a lot of parts of my life, but it definitely was there in the context of sexual relations and romantic relationships. I want to be, it shows up now. I just moved into my boyfriend with my boyfriend and I'm like making dinner because I need to make dinner for me, but then I make it and I put on this show, like, aren't I the best girlfriend in the world for making this home cooked meal after I worked all day? Like, I'm so great because I want to be idolized, um, selfish, <laughs> right? Like selfish, 
and dishonest because no, I'm actually making it because I have to make all my own food. <laughs> um, and fearful because I want to make sure that he thinks I'm valuable. So he'll keep me around, right? Like, it's just so crazy how these same defects, these same defaults, they show up in different combinations. But again, we can treat sex like any other problem. This is any other inventory, those same things showing up. Um, the other thing I would do a lot, I want to avoid conflict or discomfort. A lot of times if there was a conflict, um, I didn't even realize I did this, but I would just be like, all right, can we get to a point where it feels acceptable to maybe have a, a sexy moment in here? Because that will diffuse, right? Like that's a good, you know, and I thought like, oh, that people that's in TV shows. Like people are always like getting in a fight and then making up. But it's like, I was really like, what, what do I have to control this situation? Ah, sex. <laughs> and that's also not, that's also for me, not part of my current ideal. Um, I used it for validation to feel that, um, you know, am I, am I being validated by somebody desiring me versus rejection? I didn't even know that I didn't even think of this, but I used it for a lot of manipulation. Like, Oh, let me, let me have sex with my partner. And then that's probably a really good time to have a, have a conversation that they might not otherwise be amenable to. Like, um, that's rude. Like, that's not a good way to have conversations with somebody that you love and are, want to value their opinion. Um, and yet I was like, oh, isn't this what everybody does? Like, I feel like this is, you know, there's, there's lot, you know, thinking that culture has to dictate my behavior or that because I saw in a movie, somebody did something that I should, that I, that, that means it's got a green pass saying go on it. Um, there's a lot of things that happen in movies that I just should not adopt into my life. So I just want to, my reasoning there was not good at all. Um, I talked about ghosting people. I wasn't, I wasn't like a ghoster, like, you know, no, I was, I mean, I was just, I would get uncomfortable and I would just like, it wasn't even like, Oh, the person liked me. And then I go, it was just like, I don't want to have a conversation that could be uncomfortable. So I'm just going to pretend I don't exist. Um, one guy I went on a couple of dates with and I really, I had told him, I was like, I just want to be friend. I, I just don't, I don't see this as more than a friend thing. Um, then I went on a trip, um, across the uh, international trip. I came back three weeks later and he was like, Oh, so you're back. And I just never responded. And then I blocked him on Facebook and I'm not saying this to be like, yeah, okay. Like I'm sure there's a lot of stories I hear like this and I, you know, and I laugh and it's like, my sponsor even was like, well, was he being inappropriate? Because you don't need to apologize. You know, you're allowed to, to, you know, defend yourself if they were being inappropriate. And I was like, no, I just told myself that they wouldn't leave me alone. Like they're so obsessed with me so that I could excuse my just wanting to remove myself from the situation. Like, this is hard. I would like to abort the situation. Um, then, okay, this was another thing pretending I'm fine with a casual relationship, but then really liking the person and just trying to stuff it down and being like, no, it's cool. It's really cool, but just be cool. Just be cool. They want, they want somebody who's cool. But then I'm secretly thinking like, I wonder we're going to, when we're going to reveal together that reveal to each other that we're secretly in love and how cute our kids are going to be. And when we're going to get married. Um, Five minutes. Perfect. Thank you. And also in reverse, just wanting something casual with somebody realizing they maybe are looking for something more romantic or longer term and me going, yeah, that seems uncomfortable to address. 
<laughs> right? Like, no, but I don't really want that. And if they're not going to bring it up, I'm just going to keep doing what I want to do. Um, that seems like their problem. Um, lots of ways, you guys are getting a real big, big list of all the ways Victoria was not kind and loving. <laughs> um, also not being honest with myself. So I identify as bisexual. That's something I used to, I used to say, I didn't know that until I was in recovery. I didn't know that. I did know that I've known that for 12 years, but it was uncomfortable for me to deal with. I thought, well, I'm in a hetero, I'm in a, a relationship that appears to look heterosexual. I don't need to quit. I don't need to deal with this. I'm going to put it over there. Um, but I was really stuffing. That was one of the things I had no idea it was causing me so much pain to be in the, in just to be like, I'll just put that over there unless I need to deal with it. That's one of the things I was stuffing down with the food that had to come up um, in this fourth step. And I used to also, then once I got, got clear about that, then I would tell my boyfriend, oh, I'm really attracted to this person who's a, who's a woman and think that that was like, not that was fine because it's a right. It's a woman. And then I was like, wait, like one time he told me how hot he thought Lady Gaga was. And I was like, I don't need to know. Like, that's great, but I don't need to know that. And then I thought, wait, I do the same thing. And I just make an excuse and say like, well, because it's a woman, like, you know, he must love that. He must think that's a mate. Like, no, he doesn't want to hear about me being attracted to people who aren't him. Even though we know we both have eyes, we know we can see other people. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't want to hear that. And I actually, I know that. <laughs> um, and yeah, just not, just not being honest in general. Like one time I was having, um, an intimate moment that was painful for me. It was physically painful. And I had this moment of like, I could speak up and I could honor my authentic self. And I just was like, ah, it'll be over soon. And I got to tell you that was, that was not that long ago. But when I tell you what my ideal is now, you're going to go, okay, well, this is where we take the list of where was I responsible and what should I have done instead? And now I make my sex ideal. So for me, part of, and I'm not going to read all of it because I'm assuming Lita, we got like two minutes. Is that? You're so good. 204. Oh, great. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> So I'll just read the parts that are sticking out to me that I think might be helpful. So Amy, do we let her have extra time? I'll go quick. I'll go quick. So it starts out sex and love for me. Again, this is my ideal that came from my inventory. I in no way am saying this is what everybody's belief should be. For me, it says sex and love are normal and wonderful parts of life that are to be enjoyed, but not abused, nor used as a distraction from discomfort in the other parts of my life. And then some of the things in my role as a partner are to be honest about feelings, be willing to be open to the honest feelings of my partners, right? I can't just be like, oh, I'll be honest about my feelings, but I don't want to, don't be too honest. I don't want to hear yours. <laughs> and that's totally something I would do. And this is a reminder that, no, they, they get a voice also. Um, confront difficult conversations rather than avoiding, distracting, or running away. Um, be willing and open to compromising small things that, that I don't need to, to be right. Um, that showed up a lot in my, in my past relationships and this current one, um, giving love without it being tit for tat. Oh, so hard. So hard. I want to show love and then be like, aren't I great? Aren't I great? What are you going to do? How are you going to show me that you love me? Um, 
And, and also don't use sex to influence someone, manipulate, or as a bargaining chip. So that's for my role as to my partners. My role is to myself, some of the things that show up here from what we discussed and sort of flipping it, take actions to otherwise address vulnerable feelings without relying on sex as an escape or numbing of negativity or potential vulnerability. Oh, so basically, you know, just like I would use food because I like the effect, because it took away some discomfort. I noticed that I can also use sex in that way. For me, it, and I can also use love in that way. For me, um, I know there are programs for that. I'm personally not a fellow in one of those programs, but I think it's still important that I realize like I'm an addict and I love a reward system. And when I don't want to feel a way, you know, I, I can gravitate towards other reward systems, especially now that my, my quote unquote favorite one or most traditional one is, is no longer an option. Um, and this one I have in both, this is, this is what I'll leave with match. I, my role is to match my responsibility and emotional maturity with the sexual activity I'm participating in. And I wrote sex is for grownups. So act like one. (laughs) So I am feeling very vulnerable right now with this share. I got the idea when I woke up today, just like, let's talk about sex. It's step four. So I hope part of that that came out was, was God's message and not just me trying to be, you know, controversial, but, um, thank you everybody for listening. And I look forward to hearing your shares as well. Thanks. Thank you so much, Victoria. Ooh, that's a, that is, you're amazing. Thank you. I wish I got that when I was your age. So thank you very much for sharing that. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and question should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up? Thank you, Lita. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay, first up we have Amy. Wow, I didn't think I would be first. Uh, Hi, this is Amy L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Exercise Bulimic, and I just, I am so appreciative, Victoria, for your courage and honesty to talk about this subject, and yes, it, it has a lot written in the big book, and yet I don't think I've ever been at a meeting, I haven't been at a meeting where it was discussed or the speaker shared. And for me, um, I've even sought out some fellows to talk more about this area because I view, for me, sexuality was, it was the part of me, and and I'm just gonna be honest, that I felt was most broken and, that I was not, that I was afraid to let God in. 
you know, just a deep, deep distrust. And um, this time round, when I worked the steps, I did a very, very fearless and searching sexual inventory. And um, I've actually been in, I've been married, I've been with my husband 25 years, but um, I had a lot from my past that I still carried shame. And I had issues with my husband that I still carried shame. And I think, you know, the thing is when, when we do step four, you know, we very much need step one, two, three. Like, I feel like I could not have done that this time unless I was consciously seeking my higher power um, unless I was one moment at a time willing to trust that there was something better for me, which the way I see God is God gives freedom. God sets us free. And I was in bondage. I was in bondage of self with my shame. So anyway, I, I um just so grateful that, that, somebody spoke about this and makes me feel, oh, maybe, you know, it doesn't have to be a taboo. We're, we're all human. We, you know, it's a part of a sexuality. So thank you. Thank you, Amy. Next up is Jody S. Hi, I'm Jody, compulsive overeater. Hi everyone, Victoria, thank you so, so much. I just got all the feels. Um, I, I was yelling yes over here, like the whole time. And like, you know, you said a lot of people wonder like, what does sex have to do with food? But like, for me, they've gone so hand in hand. Cause my, cause I am, my body is a directly relates to my sexuality and I've tied them together so much in my life and used sex in so many of the ways that you talked about. And it felt so comforting to hear someone else talk about it, to not feel alone or different or weird um, or you know, bad. And just to hear how you did your fourth step in your sex inventory, because I'm on my fourth step right now. So I just really am grateful that I got to hear how you worked through it. Um, and the whole idea of like sex ideals and, you know, getting closer to that place in such a loving and honest way with your higher power. Like that is just it's such a gift. It's such a gift that we get the opportunity to do this work. Um, so thank you just for really just for showing up and, and being you. That was really, really wonderful. Thank you so much. Pass. Thanks, Jody. Um, Chris J you're up. Hi, I'm Chris J. Um, composite eater eater and bulimic. Thank you so much for Victoria. That was amazing that was um I didn't know how much I needed that <laughs> um so yeah because I'm gonna be moving on to step four soon and I think part of me just like has been procrastinating it because I, I don't want to move on to that um like I want to clean it out but I think 
I've been very scared. Um, I especially really appreciated what you said about um, instead of looking at where were we at fault, look at it as um, where, where was I responsible? Like what was in my scope of what I could have done, you know? And I think that's so much better a way of looking at it. I think um, because it's really hard. It's like on one hand, I think I wasn't, I'm not able to really talk about it because I don't want other women who haven't been in such positions as well to feel like, oh, it's victim blaming. Um, because, but so it's like, it's one of those things that I think adds to the taboo of talking about it. Cause I never want to feel another woman to feel like, oh, it was your fault. But at the same time, like, I couldn't really reconcile it because I know that there were very often I did things that put myself in danger. I knew what I was doing was very risky. I knew it wasn't safe. I knew there was a very big chance I could be taken advantage of. And I did it because I, I had absolutely no respect, no love, no kindness for my own body, myself. And that was what I thought I deserved. So it was really hard to reconcile that. And I think part of me is really scared that once I start looking at myself as a victim, then I would be even more wrecked, you know? Um, and I think that really helped me to realize that what I want isn't like blame. I don't want to blame another person. I don't want to pity. I don't want to be a victim. Um, I don't even want like justice or anything, but I want to heal. And I think, yeah, like that actually gave me so much to think about. And I think it gave me a lot more courage of looking at it and facing it. So thank you so much really resonate it. Really, thank you for your service. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much for sharing that, Chris J. Next up, we have Melissa B. Thanks, Joy. I'm Melissa, compulsive overeater, sugar addict, night eater. Thank you so much, Victoria. Um, I also didn't know I needed to hear that. Um, and I'll keep it really short. I just really wanted to thank you for what you said about um, how you hid your sexuality when it didn't come up, right? Like you you weren't forthcoming about it because you didn't think it needed to be said. And, you know, you said so many things tonight that I haven't heard in a meeting that I needed to hear, but I really needed to hear that too, right? Because that was one of those behaviors that I never knew bothered me until you said that, you know, I didn't even really think I did it. And then, you know, and that's why I feel like my higher powers is, comes through in these meetings right you know it comes through in the message that we we give um you know um I'm so grateful for this step four and five process you know um I have I didn't know I needed to say some of the things that I did and uh you really reminded me of that and um that this is a safe space and I'm so grateful for that so thanks Victoria thanks everyone Thanks, Melissa. Next up is Stephanie M. Hi, Stephanie M, recovered compulsive overeater and exercise bulimic. Um, oh my gosh, Victoria, thank you so much for your lead. Um, and I've actually been meaning to text you about something else. So it was um, like all day I was thinking like, oh, I need to text Victoria and then I would get distracted. Um, so such a God shot to sign on and see you here leading the meeting. And, um, and I love that you shared your sex inventory and sex ideals. I have so many sponsees who are like 
flummoxed when it comes to like what to do with this section of the fourth step. And I only have one experience. Um, and so, you know, if I, if they don't share my experience, which frankly was like casual sex and, um, and using my body in ways that like really didn't make me feel comfortable because it's the only way I knew how to get attention. Um, I, you know, it's hard to, uh, I just, I think it's hard for everyone. I think it's uncomfortable and hard for everyone. So thank you for that. And I loved, loved your ideals. And, you know, like, um, I think it's just so important. And I will say like my relationships in this program are so much better than, uh, the ones that I had pre-program, you know, so much of my past relationships were based on manipulation and magical thinking. Um, because I thought that if I was honest about what I wanted and what I was looking for, I would never get it. Um, and now, you know, showing up differently, like my last relationship started and ended in this program. And it was so, um, I was so much more vulnerable, you know, it was, I was so much more open. And even though it ended, even that was like, on really good terms and honest. And, um, and I'm just so grateful for it. And it also like, wasn't so much longer than it needed to be because I was afraid to let go of something or be alone or, you know, so I'm just, Oh, I'm so grateful for this program. And this part, especially, I remember when I got to it, I was like, I don't want to <laughs> like, let's just do the rest of the fourth step because also like, what is this, what does this have to do with food? But it's so, you know, it is, it is intrinsically, linked and you know so much of we wear so much of us wear our disease on our bodies so how can it not be related to you know how we feel about our bodies sexually and and in you know in general so um yeah I really I really appreciate that you uh took this on on a podcast so thank you and I'll pass everybody we're going to just take a moment to stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares so um with the